At a certain point in your life, have you had a debt that affected you emotionally to the point where you felt broken or in a financial crisis? Were you left confused as to what to do? How do you go about handling this situation? We will break this down and more in this episode. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. Money is something we all think about, whether we have enough or will we ever have enough. Our beliefs around money can shape our lives for better or worse. And when it is for the worse, we can feel broken or maybe we find ourselves in a financial crisis. This is your host, Jen Hemphill, y gracias por compartir este tiempo conmigo. Our special guest, Nashira Linton, is no stranger to the scenario that I just described. She shares how she handled this challenging time of her life, and today you will see that it is possible to make the change from leading a life full of economic limitations to one where you have control of your money, freeing yourself from the stress caused by a financial crisis. Plus, Make sure that you don't miss the simple key question you should ask yourself that will help you make a massive change and one that is better aligned with you. Nashira Linton is a financial therapist and owner of Renewed Wealth Therapy. She has helped families pay off cars, reduce debt, decrease financial stress, and become aware of what their identity and influences are around money. Before we get into today's conversation, don't forget we have a supportive community waiting for you to support you and where you can share your aha moments from today. More on that later, but for now, let's go meet Nashira. Bienvenida, Nashira. I am so thrilled to have you here. I know we've connected in the past, and I we also share something in common. We're both accredited financial counselors. We're, we're both Latinas, and you're out there doing some fantastic things. So I'm really excited to dive into this interview and get to know you. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, hello to all my fellow Latinas out there. Uh, yes, I'm super excited. Well, let's go back in time, Nashida. Maybe it's when you were a little girl, maybe a teenager. Take us back in time where you observed something, had an experience that really has shaped you in terms of how you perceive money and how you see money. Yeah, for a long time, um, I had a, a perception of money from, you know, a lack mentality. You know, I think back to when I was four years old, I remember sitting outside, it was nighttime, sitting outside with my sister and my mom, and my mom was telling us that we were about to move and we had to prepare. And the reason was we no longer could afford the apartment that we had been in because uh, her and my father were getting a divorce. And so, you know, there was no questions asked. You know, you didn't ask an adult at that, that time what was going on. You just did what you was told. And so I watched my mom. She, you know, she came to this country before she had me. I was first born here. And I watched her. She went from working in a factory to working full time at a 
you know, an emergency room has an ER technician. So while we did have to move and, you know, move away from, you know, what I thought was, you know, a little place near our family, near our home, near my school, we end up going to, you know, moving a little bit further away. And I watched my mom, you know, she transitioned, she had the salary coming in. And so from the outside perspective, it looked like she was doing really well. Uh, But what people didn't see is that on the back end, you know, she was trying to do a lot more for family back home. She was, you know, getting the phone calls that this person needed that or this person needed to do this. And that, you know, me watching and hearing the phone ringing and her showing up and trying to help every time, that really shaped me having a scarcity mentality where I was always thinking we're going to run out of money. You know, my mother did struggle with her health. And so I didn't know if sometimes she would be able to bounce back. Sometimes she was doing 16 hour work weeks, three to four times a week. And so from the outside, yes, it looked great. I, you know, lived in a predominantly poor neighborhood. And so I had one of the very few working moms, but then I saw the stress and the toll that that took on her life. And so I would save, I was like, by the time I was a teenager, I was like, we're going to run out of money and I'm going to have to pay rent and I don't know where we're going to get it from. And so while that may not have been true, I never had to pay rent at that time. Um, it was just something that I, it was ingrained in me. Yeah. And, and 16 hour days, that that's a lot for a single parent too. Yeah. I mean, to be able to be a single parent, to work that many hours in a day and making sure your family it, you know, is taken care of. And talk to us a little bit about, because your mom came to the States or immigrated for, to the States. Both of my parents are from Panama. Um, they both came here to have a better life, right? To make more for their family. My dad had that entrepreneur spirit. He wanted to become a fashion designer. My mom just, she just wanted to do more for her family here. Her sister came first and so she came next. And so we are, we're from Panama. My sister was born there as well. Okay. So they came here and then she was working. Everything looked like, as you said, from the outside looking in, everything looked good, but it took a toll on her. And typically what I have found in in your case, I think it may be the same uh, with immigrants or people coming to the U.S. They are they have this sense of responsibility to help family back at home. And was this the case with you as well? Yes, it was. Um, so I watched her, you know, sometimes I would get nervous <laughs> when the phone would ring, like, what now? Uh, but yeah, she had a heart to just give and to give back to them and to make sure that they were okay or certain needs for, you know, her nephews and nieces were taken care of and so she had a lot of family back home and so you know there was that constant need and that she wanted to help me. I really relate to that Nashida just uh, hearing your story because I see the same thing with my family we came to the states uh, for the same thing better way of life making more money uh, and my parents had the sense of responsibility to help family back in Colombia. And and that's what they did. So I completely really relate to that. And I'm curious to know, it it took a toll on you. So tell us, or I don't know if if taking a toll is the right word, but it impacted you. So tell us how seeing this impacted you. So for me, you know, one of the things I would say is that it really started to shape again, 
you know, how I, you know, thought about money where I was, again, afraid to make big purchases. I was afraid to actually, you know, go out and spend over a certain amount because I had this idea and this thought that money is going to run out, that, you know, I wouldn't be able to make that money again. And I saw that has even growing up into, you know, early adulthood where I was afraid I missed out on opportunities. I missed out on doing, you know, certain trips or certain events or certain purchases because I just was too afraid to make those choices because I thought, what if I don't get this money back or what if I can't make it back? Um, Now, with that being said, I may not have made big purchases, but I did make a lot of little purchases if you know what I mean Jen right so Mm -hmm. I wasn't spending the big bucks on I wasn't buying car houses or really expensive items no but I did make a lot of little ones and so I did accumulate a certain amount of debt by my early 20s I was about $60,000 in debt between school loans because I put myself through through college and I had credit card store credit cards and personal loans so it all add up no i i relate to that too because even though with my situation i also i was afraid to spend but there were there were times where we made some bigger purchases or we traveled or and even though we didn't necessarily get into more debt like in our situation we didn't get into more debt we just weren't we were depleting our emergency savings we were depleting the savings we would put into our retirement we would be still in the same spot financially in terms of the debt so very similar in terms of yes I was afraid to spend but of course and I was married in Mm -hmm. Or still, still I'm married, I should say, because that sounds... <laughs> I was married. I, I still am. But it, it definitely it definitely had a toll in terms of like what was possible for us, right? Yeah. And so it, in turn, and it's weird because it, it doesn't really... When you look at it, it doesn't make sense. So if you were saving and not wanting to spend, how did you get into this debt? Or how did you get into the situation? I want to know your thoughts about this too, because yeah. it's... It's this mentality of things can't get better. So through that, your brain wants to help you. When your brain thinks some things, it wants to please you and help you. And so you create that reality, right? Is how, how the only way I can explain it. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I think one of the things that I go back and I look at some of the purchases I made, our needs doesn't stop, right? Just because I had this perception of, like I wasn't the one buying the expensive car or the big house or the expensive bag my needs that I wanted met still didn't go away so there were still a lot of little things that I wanted to do I had two boys at the time and so for anyone out there listening who has boys you can relate to how they eat okay and so (laughs) there was always this desire to you know especially because I was also a full-time working mom and most of the time I spent in school, you know, I always wanted to make sure that they had food, you know, food. My mother grew up with food poverty. And so, you know, again, that was something that I watched growing up about always making sure that there was food in the house. So there was never a lack in food. I'm always making like the little answers, the little purchases, you know, as a single mom, I overcompensated in some areas where if I didn't make a show or I didn't do, you know, take them to some sort of sport, I wanted to compensate in other ways so making purchases like saying yes to games and little things like that add up but also little things for myself so maybe it's perhaps the extra trip to the nail salon or the hair salon or 
something nice to treat yourself to that maybe perhaps you didn't have the money for, so you racked on, you put it on a credit card. Um, those little things I was able to justify in my brain, Jen. And so because my needs didn't go away, maybe perhaps not the big ones, you know, I didn't care for them as much because of, I was so nervous to make them, but the little ones. That makes sense because for me, I think I was overcompensating as well, but more on, of course, I heard all my life, we can't afford it. We don't have the money. And so there was a lot of things we didn't do and I didn't want that for my boys I also have two boys and so I think we overcome and then my my husband had his own upbringing that was it was different it was more of yeah, there wasn't there was a lack of but that didn't stop them right mm. and so that and for us there was a lack of and that was there was a lot of restriction of in terms of we didn't do this or didn't do that couldn't you know had the clothes from it was called Richway in Georgia it was it was a similar as Kmart or okay. or Walmart but I was didn't have those uh, high-end clothes or the brand name clothes because uh, there was quote-unquote no money <laughs> Uh, to do that. And what's funny, because I had this conversation with my mom just recently, and she was mowing the lawn. And I'm like, Mom, because financially, they even though they started over when they came to the States, they were able to save and they're financially, they're fine. They're, they're okay. They're fine, right? But in her mind, there's still not money. So I asked her, why don't you have someone mow the lawn? What was her answer? <laughs> We don't have the money. And I'm thinking, you don't have the money or it's not a priority or is there fear or is that still mentality still exists, right? So I found yeah. that very, very interesting. Now, I want, there was something that you mentioned offline to me about brokenness. Yeah. I, and I want to dive into that where you felt, where you realized you felt broken. If you could tell us a little bit about about what that means to you and that story, how that came about. I mentioned before that by my early 20s, I you know, had about $60,000 in debt. And in one of the most, you know, life-changing moments, I, I walked into a newfound faith um, in becoming a Christian. And that was when I desired to want to change my financial behaviors. That's where the true desire had came from. And I wanted to also be a giver because by now at this point, every time I saw someone asking for money or for help, I didn't want to because not because I didn't care or love. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. But because I just didn't think I could or that I had the ability to. And now I have this newfound faith and I want to do better with my finances. I want to get rid of this financial stress that I have, this paycheck to paycheck cycle. And I started, I decided to go down the track of um, I'm going to learn this. And so I tried the books, I tried the workshops, the steps, all of it. And I got help, professional help, paid and free. Nothing helped me. And so I decided I was going to learn this until I can teach it so that not only would I be learning it selfishly for myself, but also so that I can share it with others. And that's when I found um, ASCP, where I got my accreditation as a financial, a certified financial counselor. And along the way, I learned a lot of great tips and tools, but it wasn't until one day I was taking a webinar where I started I stumbled upon a webinar about the psychology of money. And that's when it hit me because I was like, man, this really resonates with me about some of the reasons behind 
why I'm not doing what I say I want to be doing. Uh, so my behave, financial behaviors was not aligning with what I valued or what I believed to be a financial goal for me. And so I actually went back and I got joined the certification program at Kansas State University. And that's where I really started to take the classes and understand. And for me, it hit me. For a moment there, my purchases were a reflection of me, right? I was broke, but I was also broken, right? I got to a place in my life where I was overcompensating for the kids. I was disappointed in the way things had turned out. I was a single mom at that point. Um, it wasn't something that I had naturally was gonna, you know, naturally expected or had planned for myself. And living in New York City at the time, trying to feed these boys. Um, so there was some brokenness that needed to be dealt with. And I started to realize how that was showing up in my financial behaviors. I learned how to separate the two. And in doing that, that's really what helped catapult me, like excel me forward in the financial plans that I started to have for myself. Have you been working on paying off credit cards, but now are feeling frustrated with the higher interest rates my new class will teach you the one thing you need to do before making another payment as well as six key strategies that will help you pay that credit card with ease sounds good right learn more at jenhemphill.com forward slash credit card debt and in appreciation of you being a listener use the code her dinero matters at checkout for ten dollars off Again, that is jenhemphill.com forward slash credit card debt. And the code again is her dinero matters. The code note is only available for a limited time. See you in class. And so would you say that with, was that webinar the turning point where things started to change for you? Yes, that webinar was really where, because I did get better with money. I did through my education has, you know, with the AFC um, background knowledge, I did get better with money, but it still didn't feel better. So the behaviors got better, but I wasn't feeling better about my money. So that relational aspect with money wasn't there yet for me. And so that webinar really was the turning point because it opened up a curiosity that I never had before. And so it was kind of like coming full circle. Like, yes, this was like that missing part for me. That is fascinating. And did you find yourself paying your debt? You mentioned you had uh, accumulated that debt. Mm -hmm. How did you find yourself paying off your debt off faster? Once you saw the webinar, it obviously it sparked something in you. You mentioned being broken. Do you feel like, And but you also mentioned you were getting better with money, but you didn't feel good. So I'm curious what happened. Yeah, that webinar opened up my eyes to to looking into a deeper part about my money situation. And I started doing the research right away. I, I contacted the person who gave the webinar to kind of get more information on the certification. So I was already starting to pay off my debt, but based off a plan that I really didn't align with. And I really didn't feel good with. But when I joined the program and I started to look at the other side of money, this internal side, like what I value and who I am, that really helped me come up with a plan 
that was more aligned with who I was and what I wanted to get done. It wasn't just someone else's steps or pro cookie cutter program. And that for me really hit the mark because it wasn't so much about just getting rid of my debt first. For me, it was about building a really great emergency fund where, you know, if something did happen, this idea of what if I can't work or what if I lose my job, there was a number that I needed to get to. And once I got there, I already had built some habits that helped me really start to tackle the debt like I never had been before. And so the webinar opened up like the closet, it opened up the door, but the actual program and going through the program and doing the exercises and working with other students for myself first was a really big part. And just to address the brokenness, I want to say this. I did eventually end up going to therapy. So financial therapy is not something that, hey, I'm opening up these traumas and these wounds and talking about these really hard things. Um, rather, it helped me figure out that there was a root issue and not just like I'm treating the symptoms. I'm treating it with a budget. So once I did find that root causes and issues that was, you know, triggering me or making me behave in a certain way that didn't I didn't value, that was when I was able to then go seek help. So I did actually go off and work with a therapist on some of the issues and things that I found. And so it did it. I didn't wait until I was like done with therapy and healed. I just learned how to separate the two, separate my, you know, my finances from my brokenness, my brokenness, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm curious. So you mentioned you went through therapy. There was a financial therapy or just therapy in general. I'm curious. I did go know. through, I did go through therapy on it okay. on its own. Um, but when I think of financial therapy, I think of me going through the training program because a lot of it is the exercises that you first have to do on yourself or work with other students. So getting that practice done on me um, before actually, you know, you know, just learning it and going out and doing it myself was really important because I think in any profession, you know, you shouldn't go as far as you're, you know, you shouldn't take your client as far as you're willing to go. That's what it was like for me in doing all the exercises and the work and the assessments myself. This has been fantastic, Nashida. And I'm curious for those who are listening that really resonate with your story that have found themselves at a point where they're financially there are things are getting better but are feeling what you felt that you weren't feeling good what are some tips that you have learned or maybe like one action that they can take to take a step forward either one one or two things of the out of the things that you have learned that really have helped you yeah I think one of the steps so I don't think maybe perhaps a step, but maybe a question, I would say. You know, okay. even before, like if you're going to go work with anyone or you're going to go speak to a financial professional, you know, one of the biggest things I would say is even before you get there is to ask yourself why. You know, what does this mean to you? Like, why is it important for you to actually get this right? And I know that that sounds like a lot of questions, but just, just start with why. You know, like, why this? You know, you can be working on anything else right now, but why do you need to work on this area, this particular thing, or, you know, this debt or this savings or this financial goal? Because I think that once you start to get curious about the why, you start to really find the deeper reason behind it. And that is something that's going to help you. You know, I realized for myself when I started asking why, I loved my kids. 
it's not that I wanted to spoil them or I didn't want to spend time with them. I just wanted to buy them a gift. It's that I really wanted to, I love my babies. You know, Jen, you probably feel that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I love my kids. And so I just wanted to provide for them and give them a good life the way my mother probably tried to do for me as well. And so when I got to my why and I got to the reasons behind why I needed to get done, I can see how there were some things that I was not doing that aligned with that why. And so I would just start there. I love that. And it's such a simple question. The question why, and I I also encourage you to, once you answer that question, keep digging why. (laughs) Continue asking that question. And sometimes for me, like, When I started this work, I resisted a lot Mm -hmm. of doing that because I felt it was like too woo-woo. It was like kind of, that's weird. And and no, I'm not going to do that. Or I can do it in my head. And I think also, and I always stress the the importance of doing these reflections in the written form. Yes, you can think about it, but you get a lot more clarity when you write it down. Trust me, because I have... I am the one that resisted and rebelled for a long time uh, to do that. And guess what? It didn't get me anywhere. And once I, I allowed myself to write this, these things down, that's where, that's where the clarity and just the clarity comes from. So thank you so much, Nashida, for, mm-hmm. for being here. It was so great connecting, getting to know you. And I appreciate everything that you shared today. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Today, we were reminded how easily we can slip into debt if we don't keep a budget. We may be unaware of it, but we might be making small purchases that we don't need right now, or our outlook is one of scarcity, restricting our options. Nashida demonstrates that when you are in financial crisis, it can take a toll on your mental well-being to the point where you feel crushed. And it's then that you understand the changes you have to make if you wanna create a different life. We also learned about the key but very simple question we should ask ourselves if you are finding yourself in a similar position as Nashida. And that key question to ask is why? Why do things need to change? And as she said, get curious. Don't be afraid to get curious. Keep digging, you're going to find the deeper reason when you do. So don't be afraid to ask why and just allow those answers to come forth. If you love this conversation as much as I did, be sure to connect with Nashida at RenewedWealthTherapy.com. That is RenewedWealthTherapy.com and you will find that link as always in the show notes. You heard me challenge you to ask yourself why. Why are things needing to change and to dig deeper? If you're having troubles digging deeper, digging into your why, don't hesitate to send me a DM on Instagram, email me, whatever it takes, or come on over to our private community if you want to gain support from other like-minded individuals in our community. You can do that at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. There you can get the support, you can share, and guess what? You're not going to be the only one in that same situation, the only one that maybe needs that support, we will be sure to help you out. So join us there. Again, that link is jenhemphill.com forward slash community. One of the things that I haven't done in a long time is highlight you, celebrate you, the listener, you that you support this podcast and this podcast is can't continue without your support. 
And I want to bring that back. Somehow life, have let life get in the way, whatever the case may be. And I want to bring that back where I highlight your money wins. So if you're in our community or if, um, if you're on Facebook, wherever you're at, share those money wins. And I will be sure to pick one. Or if you do a review on the podcast, I'll be sure to select one. And I'm going to feature you. I'm going to highlight you in this podcast. And this one uh, that I'm highlighting is from Sidel. And she gave me permission uh, to share this message, which really touched my heart. And she sends a message saying that she wanted, I'll just read instead of she, I'm just going to read like it's her (laughs) in her voice. Well, it won't be her voice. It'll be my voice. But anyways, so she writes, hey, Jen, I just wanted to say thank you because listening to you made me redirect my habits and spending and I've been able to pay things off as well as myself. They are definitely baby steps, but I'm slowly digging myself out of that hole and climbing the mountain. This Christmas was rough, but I'm getting back on track. Thank you again. So Sinel, I just want to one, celebrate you. Uh, Two, I want to congratulate you on just, this is massive change. You've been redirecting spending. You've been paying yourself as well. And it looks like you're paying off, starting to pay off that debt. It is about baby stuff. So I want to just congratulate you and thank you so much for sharing that with me and for being a part of our community. Next week, it will be just you and me with a new solo episode where we will be discussing some budgeting tools and I'm going to share my tips on minimizing that stress that you feel when you budget. So stay tuned for that. Bueno, pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 337. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 337. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.